Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your on camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 221. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, How Are You Doing? So I have had a very, very busy few weeks. And as you can probably hear from my voice, I am worn out. And 
I'm really glad that I'm recording this episode now, almost as if to say, to remind you that we're human and there's only so much we can do with our time. So the week, last week, as I'm recording this, we did two online events and one in-person VIP retreat over the weekend, which was three days in total for me. Cause obviously I got there the day before we had a lovely drinks reception. We had dinner and there was about 20 of us. It was so good. Then we had a whole day of goal setting, planning, masterminding. It was brilliant. And then I spent the night again and uh, obviously chilled out a bit, but then obviously then packed up the next day. And it was just absolutely awesome. I had the most amazing time, but I'm worn out, completely, utterly worn out. So this week I've been hibernating. Uh, That's my go-to thing. And it can be really hard because sometimes when you want to hibernate, you think to yourself, I can't, I've got to be on show. I can't not do, you know, turn up and do the thing. But I think I want to remind you that, yeah, you, you can, you can hibernate if you need to. And if I didn't hibernate, if I didn't just pull back a little bit and cancel some things that I, you know, could cancel and spend a bit longer in bed or go for more naps or whatever it is, then I would be in absolute state. So if you are feeling worn out, this is, I'm giving you permission to stop, to, to sit down, to take five minutes, to not run around and do these things, because it's a time of year where we are running around. My daughter's about to break up at the end of this week. Um, my, my husband's away. We go away in a couple of weeks. We've got presents to buy, all that stuff. And like I said, it's been a busy, busy time of the year for me. So like I said, I'd like to give you permission. You have my permission. Please take it easy. Because you know what's really interesting? We do all this stuff like getting ready for the next year and goal set for 2022, as if we're going to have all this energy. And where does all this energy come from? Like, we need to make sure we rest in order to build back that energy. So that's what I'm doing this week. And because I'm doing that, I've decided not to give you a solo episode this week. I have been very busy over the past, God knows how many weeks, batch recording um, interviews, and they're wonderful and brilliant. And I thought, why not take it easy on me? Because obviously when I do an interview, it's already, the chunk of it's already done. I just do this intro and outro and also give you access to some of these interviews a bit sooner. So today we have an interview and it's with the lovely Sanaya Williams. Now Sanaya is a bit of an expert in terms of getting organized. And this actually I think is perfect timing for this time of year, because as we start to think about starting next year, we might start thinking about how we shift and change. I know lots of my members, lots of my students have talked about They might want to bring on a new member of staff. They might want to look at their team. So this is a really, really good episode to look at because she talks about how you get organized. She talks about how to bring people on. She talks about how to do processes and systems. And that in my world was a game changer. The minute I could bring in a process, even when it was just me, it was a game changer. So She's just brilliant. I know you're going to love this episode. I know you forgive me for not bringing you a solo episode this week. I promise when I've had a rest over the Christmas break, I will be back to my normal, fierce, chatty self. But uh, until then, here is the interview I did with the lovely Sanaya. Okay, I am very excited today to welcome to the podcast, Sanaya Williams. Sanaya, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure, my absolute pleasure. I'm really excited about today's episode. And it's funny because as we were looking at what we're going to talk about, 
you've actually got in one of your titles why this isn't sexy. And I think some people might think, well, this doesn't sound like a very like, ooh, podcast episode, but it's very, very useful. Anyway, before we dive into that, I always start the same way by asking you how to, how to, no, how you got to do what you do today. So if you can introduce yourself, that would be lovely. Definitely. So I'm Sanai Williams, uh, the founder of the CEO Partner. I started it in 2011, and it's kind of something I fell into. My background is in technology and banking. So I used to do business process management at like different brokerages in America. So E-Trade and TD Ameritrade. And what that looked like was I was helping to develop some systems that would deliver good client experiences. The one that I like loved that I did was, you know how you go to an ATM and some, some ATMs might charge you a couple of pounds or dollars for taking money out? Well, we had a feature where we did ATM rebates. So if the ATM charged you $5, you would get it back automatically. And I built how that system worked. Cool. But then in addition to that, it was also how customer service would deliver the experience and all that. So I think logically, and I think in terms of customer experience and delivery, and that's what I used to do in my day job. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of just, you know, two hour commute to work, two hour commute home. And, you know, there's no such thing as an eight hour day. Nope. <laughs> I knew that whenever I wanted to have kids and I wanted to be home with them, I was raised by a single mom and I watched her work so hard to do mm-hmm. just to provide for me and later in life to learn that, you know, she was an accountant and she didn't love to do that. And mm-hmm. I realized I wanted to have a job that I enjoyed. And while I did enjoy my corporate career, I knew that I couldn't continue doing it with those hours. So I had to go figure out something else I could do as an entrepreneur creating my own business. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I knew how to do was create systems, help people take things in their head, lay it out logically, see how it can be repeatable. And then I fell into the online business space and turned that into creating what I like to call new revenue online and teaching people how to create new revenue online repeatedly. Love it. So what? was it ever like, because going from corporate and fairly, by the signs of it, fairly big corporate to then, was it when you were like, actually, I don't want to do this. I don't want to work these hours. I don't want to do the commute. Was the most natural, did it immediately come into your head? I'm going to have my own business. Or was it like, could do that? No, could do that? No, could do that? Oh, okay. I'm left with this. <laughs> well, I felt like the first thing I started to try doing was like wedding plans. Or event planning. That was like my first oh, Okay. And I went the route of taking a course and doing all that. But then I, it wasn't really exciting to me anymore. I didn't even think I finished the certification. Because mm. I, I, I went to school for uh, international business and computer science. So I'm definitely more of a business-minded person. Yeah. So that, I wasn't creative enough, I think, for the event planning field. <laughs> um, so I knew it was going to be some sort of business. I just didn't know what. And I didn't yeah. know how I could help people with what I knew. I ended up falling into and finding a business coach. And she told me, oh, you could be creating standard operating procedures. And I'm like, really? That's what we have in corporate. We do that all the time. I love that. And I found my first client and he was a, he had a sales company that sold like copy machines and, you know, big, um, big products to school districts in New York City. And his biggest uh, fallback was his sales team would have to make several different trips in order to close one sale. Okay. And he's like, why can't they do it in one? And I'm like, do they have a checklist? It's a simple checklist. Like maybe they need to know what they need to get. Mm-hmm. Instead of having to say, I've done these three steps, what's next? 
Mm. Right. It's like you might have a VA and she's like, okay, uh, this payment failed. What do you want me to do? I've always sent the email. What do you want me to do next? Right. So it's like have everything written out for them or have a list for them to work off of. And eventually we did that. We created a whole list for his salespeople and they went from closing sales in three visits to closing sales in one visit. He started to be able to, his biggest thing was he wanted to go golfing on Fridays. He wanted to have Fridays off. (laughs) He couldn't do that because he was always in the office with the sales team. And Mm -hmm. so once they had their playbooks and their processes in place, they were increased their sales by 40%. Wow. And I think there's a couple of things you've said there that's like, I've just jotted down. First of all, I want to pick up on the fact of the, it was funny, the minute you said I went into wedding planning, I was like, oh, would that really be your thing? Because you're right. It's, it's, you do need to be good at the planning, but it's very creative, isn't it? Like you need all the ideas and all the stuff. And so that was interesting. Then you fact, then the fact that you said it wasn't exciting. And strangely enough, this morning on the day that we've recorded this, I had a call with my next level academy. And one of my members who's been doing something for a long while said, I don't think I like it. Like, and I'm like, so don't do it. And they're like, well, that's what I do. And I said, well, who says that's what you do? It's your business. You get to choose. And I think not, I think more people need to remember it's our choice, you know, and if it doesn't excite us and if it doesn't give us joy and passion and we love it, it's just not sustainable. We're just not going to do it, are we? Yeah. And I mean, that's what you started the business for. You started it out of this excitement for solving a problem or helping people get something done. And when it starts to not become exciting and where it really starts to feel like a job. Yeah. Yeah. And who wants that? No one. <laughs> not me. I to work for that. Any, exactly. I could go to someone else and they can give me something rubbish to do. That's fine. <laughs> and then the last thing I noted down, which I think is a super important thing to say is I've written down zone of genius to remind me, right? That this is your zone of genius. This is the thing you are very good at doing. And I often think when it's not, so when something isn't your zone of genius, so let's say you are not a process person and you don't like it, you immediately think, I can't give it to someone else because it's awful and I hate it. Like, and it's like, no, 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 no. That's not your zone of genius. That's not something you like, but it doesn't mean there's not people out there who flipping love this stuff and excel at this stuff and vice versa. You know, when there's things that you might have to do, I guess, from a marketing point of view or a creative point of view in your business that you might not like, that you might think, I need to give that to someone else. But I think what I want to make sure we get across in everything is that there is someone out there who will like this stuff. And even though you might sit there thinking, oh God, this bit's so dull or I don't, it's because that's maybe not your thing, but there will be someone who does love it. Yeah, there's always someone that wants to do the stuff that you don't want to do. And I used to always say, uh, when I when people ask what, what I do in my business, it's like all the things that you don't like to do, the systems, the processes, the integrations, all that stuff, give it to me because that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, and I love that. So let's say we've got someone listening to this podcast who's like, I am working on my own. I don't have any team. I don't think anytime soon I'm going to get a team. Why do I need to think about my systems? Because we all know, and I for sure was this, when I first started, it was all in my head. Literally, I knew the whole thing. So why, even if you're not looking at a team, why should you be looking at those systems? I think it's never too early for you to be start documenting systems, even if it's just you, right? Even if it's just you and it's always going to be just you. You want to free up your brain so that you can be able to think about how you're going to grow the business. 
what your plans are down the line. You want to be able to start creating better relationships. And when you have all these things in your head, you can't think about that stuff. I had a call with someone two days ago and she, she, this person has a team. She has one, uh, two other VAs that work with her, mm-hmm. but she called me because she was just frustrated because she was just so involved in the day-to-day of her business that she couldn't think to plan for next year. Yeah. She had no space in her brain to plan for next year because she was just inundated with everything to do in the day-to-day. And what it boiled down to is that the team members on her team, they there are no systems or processes for anything that they need to do. So when mm-hmm. they step through their process or when they come up on some hurdle or a block, they always go to her for answers. Yeah. And even if like as a solopreneur, you start with a checklist, that checklist is what's going to help you free your brain so you can run through the list in terms of building a client or, you know, processing onboarding, right? Mm-hmm. Because then you're able to give each and every client the same experience. Yeah. And, and again, you've just hit on something there and the fact of not only is this good because it frees up your brain and it means it's not sat in there and you're having to think every time because some of these processes we do in our business, we do once a month and every month, like, oh, the worst for me is, you know, like (laughs) some of the systems I use, they'll invoice me and that's great because I just send them straight off to the finance thing. Some of them don't invoice me and I have to manually go in and get them every flipping time I have to do it. I think, how do I do this again? (laughs) Every time, like, and I probably spend... 15 minutes looking around the website, trying to find the one button that I need to press. And every time I think, oh, I really should make a note of this. (laughs) And it's like, what a waste of time every flipping month. But so, you know, that's really important. But then the other thing I really liked you saying was actually from a customer service point of view, this is gold, isn't it? Definitely it is. I mean, I have just a short story where when I was living back in America and I went to a hair place to get my hair done, um, I got, you know, the best greeting ever. Would you like some coffee? Here's a magazine. Like it was the best greeting. I went back a month later and they were like, okay, just have a seat. Someone will be with you. And it's like, oh, well, I was looking oh. for coffee. I was looking for, like, what happened? Yeah. It was a new person. She obviously wasn't even onboarded properly. So she mm-hmm. doesn't, she didn't know what to do. And, and I think it was like within her, she was within her first week. So it will help you deliver good client experiences. It will help you train team when you get to having team, but also it gives you back time because like you said, when you're going to do something that's infrequent, monthly, annually, quarterly, mm-hmm. you have that list there that you can follow to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. So how would I know? Because I have to say, and I said to you before we got on that I'm seven years in now and I have a team of six people and I am still setting up and organizing processes and don't get me wrong we have a lot more than we ever did but something else always comes up and I'm like oh we need a process for that so how do you know especially when you're on your own because it's easy when I'm trying to give it to a team member because then I really realize but how do you know what you should be putting a process in place for and how do you start that process yeah well first I'll say the processes that get you from zero to fifty thousand are not the same that's going to get you it's process and team it's not going to be the same to get you from 50,000 to 100,000 to yeah. you know, 500 and a million and so on. You will forever be evolving in your process development and in your team, right? So it may not be the same team that you take with you from zero to a million, like yeah. it, it will shift. So just in, in just getting started and having something, that's like a win right there because now you know what you can improve on and now you know uh, just how to deliver and do things better. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And 
so what like do I literally write a list of all the stuff I do or what, what how do I start yeah, so the best way I like to tell people to start is start writing a list of the things that you do every single day, every single week, every single month. And then look at how you how you actually do those. Now, some people like to, you know, write it up in a Google Doc, you know, um, and I always like to use client billing because everyone likes to, you know, we're in business, we need to collect mm-hmm. money. So <laughs> how do you collect your money? How do you review it every single month? What do you do when payments fail, right? So write out everything that you do from there. Mm-hmm. Some people can write the list. Some people can use Loom and record themselves on the screen as they're doing the yeah. process, mm-hmm. right? Because then you start your training library and you can have a library of videos for people to look at when they start working with you. Yeah, yeah. The other thing some people do is they might get that video and then also transcribe it and you have your video and your steps in one. Mm-hmm. But I like to have people start with everything that they're like writing a list of everything that they do throughout the day and then start documenting a process for every single one. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I use Loom. So we'll link up to that in the show notes. It's, you know, there's a free version. I pay for my version now because I have quite a lot of videos on there, but it's just basically, I record only my screen. So I don't record my face and not, you know, normally I'm on screen a lot, but I don't need to for this. And I literally record myself doing something. And I don't know about you, but I'm a great believer in the fact of, I like to know how to do it first. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Because like, if one of those people were to go tomorrow, if something was to change, like one, I need that process in place, but two, all, you know, like my last fail safe is that I can do it. Like I might not want to do it, or it might be something that I haven't got the time for, but I could do it if I wanted to. So yeah, I record Loom and then I'll send it to uh, one of my team. And then sometimes I'll say to them, can you write that process out and turn it into a checklist in Trello. And again, we'll link to Trello. Is there any particular actual platforms or systems that you recommend use that are really useful for this sort of stuff? Well, I mean, there's tons of different process documenting Mm -hmm. tools, but I think the best place to start is a simple Google Doc. And you have a folder that has a library of your processes and every process is a single document. And one, and the reason I'll say every process is a single document because then you're able to search. Oh, I need to onboard a new client. I need to onboard a new team member, or I need to schedule a meeting. And you can literally title all those documents by what to do. So we have a process library that's literally how to, and all of our documents say how to onboard a new team member, how to onboard a new client. It's all there, really simple. It's all you know in the naming convention. But then to take it another level, we have a, a, a Google Sheet that lays out all of the processes as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like a library in itself. And in there, it has the process title, who's responsible for it, when it was last updated, and the link to the process. Mm-hmm. The reason I've started doing that is because when I think I was probably within my first three years of business, and I met my husband, who's in the UK, I took my first vacation after being in business for three years. Sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> exactly. You, you leave because you're going to work, you know, work less and have the freedom, but yeah, you work yeah, more. You work all the time. <laughs> you take a vacation. But to my first vacation, it was for three weeks. And two of those weeks, I was going, we were like, no, it was a week that we were on the Euro Rail going to Paris. Mm-hmm. And I was going to be offline. This is my first time. All the fun things. So I made sure in my head, the team had processes, they were trained, they knew everything that they needed to do. 
Well, on my way back on the URL, I decided to check my email. And I've got emails from clients that were like, hey, what's happening? Like, everything is just not the same. Some things are falling apart. Then mm-hmm. these balls being dropped. Some clients got double charged. And I'm like, whoa, what's happening? It, it was a nightmare. Oh, and when I got back, I basically, you know, I had to uncover what happened and why did this happen. We have our, everything there. But what it turned out to be is our processes weren't updated. So whenever the team needed to do something, and when I was there, they are so used to slacking me and getting an answer. So mm-hmm. they didn't update the processes. Some of our tools, the processes that were, were documented, the tools weren't updated to say, we're using this certain tool now and here's how yes. to do it. Here's a video. It was all on date. And then some of our team members, just like I said, they when you go from one level to another, they just weren't able to keep up. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I lost quite a bit of money throughout that period because I had a client contract that, you know, I couldn't repair it and we lost that relationship. Oh, no. it, it was terrifying. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> and yeah, I ended up having to, you know, get rid of some team members, but we now review our processes every quarter. And mm-hmm. this dashboard helps us know like what needs to be updated, where we're at. Whenever we refresh, we update new tools, we go back and we, you know, keep those things in place. But I firmly believe when you start to get to a point where you have even one team member, they have to take ownership of the process that they're doing so that they're still not reliant on you. Because one mistake I made was my team was fully reliant on me when I was there to the point where when I actually stepped away, they had no one to rely on. Yeah. And you know what? This is something that I think this is why I think I'm still learning from that point of view, because I think it's all well and good having a team, but there are things that happen that only I can drive or I can go, oh, now's the time to do this. Or can you start this process or forward that email or have that conversation? And it's like the whole point in having a team and having those processes is so that if I had to step away or want to step away or, you know, I don't have to spend the time doing the things. And and the one process we've got absolutely down to a T, which is brilliant, is the podcast process. So I record it. I Once you and I have done our interview, I do your intro and outro. Once I, I decide, obviously, what podcasts are going out when, um, because that teams up with what I talk about on social and what are in my emails and that sort of stuff. So obviously, I have to work out that bigger picture. But then once I've done my bit... It goes into Trello. I move the card over and then literally as if by magic, the rest of the team pick it up, do all the steps and it comes out and it's like, that's amazing. Thanks very much, people. Like (laughs) that, if I could get every other process as slick as that, oh, my life would be amazing. Like, and I know that I can batch a load of stuff and I can just leave them to it. I'm not having to say, are we ready for this one this week? Are we ready for this one this week? I know it will get done. And I know so Sophia, who um, schedules the podcast and does the social and, and basically pulls it all together, she manages the process. She's already scheduled the next couple of ones already. So I really don't need to worry about it or think about it. But, but I think it, like the difference between that and the other processes I've got really do rely on me and rely on me pulling them and pushing them and, and, informing people and that sort of thing and that's where I need to get away from so what is it that when I'm doing that I'm missing some steps what what would you think if you were coming in and I was like well I'm still having to do a lot of this yeah so my first thing to you is I would I would try and have you think about what triggers that certain process 
Mm-hmm. And can that trigger be tied to a different role in your business or a different team member? So it's not you. Because yeah. right now you're holding, oh, this happened. So I need to go kick off that process. Mm-hmm. Can that trigger be relate to someone else? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And and you're right. Like even the small, and some people might think, well, it only takes me five minutes to drop them an email and say that's in the folder ready. <laughs> no. No, that's not the point, is it? So that's where I pick your hand and say, no, don't do that. You don't do it because then you will forever be doing it. And I do that to myself as well. It's like, oh, it's just easier for me to do it. But then you'll forever be holding on to that and you'll forever be doing it. Mm. Even if it's like a five minute thing, but it's like, well, you could be doing something else in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So these systems sit alongside you know, obviously you can have them in place when it's just you, but obviously when you've got a team, it's just like that. You have to have them when you've got a team, don't you? Yeah, you have to, because everything will still be reliant on you if you don't have them. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when you think about when you just think about what's next in your business, you have to think process wise, how can I remove myself from what's next? Mm-hmm. So that it's not fully dependent on you because you want to get to a point in your business where you're literally being able to do, you know, fulfillment on some of your courses and programs, but also be upfront and be the visionary of your business mm-hmm. and kind of saying, this is what I want to do in three years and actually have the space to plan and do that. Yeah. You're yeah. not stuck in the day to day. Yeah. And I think, like you said, it's not until you do things that you think, oh, hang on a minute. And also using systems so I use Kajabi I host uh, my whole stuff on Kajabi and it's like I realized the other day that when someone cancels and it doesn't happen very often luckily we have a really good churn rate but when someone does cancel it's really manual that entire thing is manual and it's like you know if I if I know them and recognize them and they're like someone I'm like oh hang on a minute I did not expect you to cancel then I will personally email them and go hey what what's the deal here um But like, we don't even have an email that goes out and says, hey, did you want to do that? Are you sure? Or tries to convince them otherwise. But again, I was in the system the other day, I was in Kajabi the other day. And it's like, that is just the easiest thing in the world to do. Why don't I just do that? And then I don't need to think, well, is this someone I know? Or is this someone that I'm surprised at? Or, you know, do I look at them and think, oh, fair enough. And then maybe I'm doing an injustice to those people who haven't been engaged and therefore I don't know them and then think, oh, well, of course they'll leave. They haven't been engaged, but I'm not even attempting to try and get them to stay. So that sort of stuff, again, not just from a saving me time, but could be making me more money. Yeah, definitely making you more money and just one enhancing the experience that you have, even though they're leaving, it's like that experience on exit might make them want to stay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So tell me about when I am thinking about a team, what, what are you, what's your advice for like bringing people on? Like, how do you know, the question I get asked all the time is what do you give them? Like no one ever knows what to give team members. So what's your thoughts around this? Yeah. So my whole thought initially is I think when I was first starting with hiring a VA, Mm -hmm. it was, oh, wow, that's going to cost me so much money. Mm. I'm going to be spending money before I'm making money. Instead of thinking of it as an investment, because I, my very first VA had five hours a week and she was $20 an hour. So I was paying her a hundred dollars a week. Mm-hmm. And we had a process in place where when she got to two hours, she would let me know and I'd say, okay, here are the things that I need for you to get done in your last two hours. 
Yes. And then if I got a new client or I had more room in the budget, I'd say, you can do all of it because we have the money this week kind of thing, just yes. so I can plan and do my budgeting. So I initially want people to change the mindset around bringing on support and, and not look at it as an expense. Although, you know, on the books, it is an expense, but it's really an investment because you're getting back the five hours so that you can get a client to pay for that. Mm-hmm. And I think getting a, a VA or an admin person is probably the best first hire, I think, for every solopreneur because mm-hmm. getting you out of the weeds of the admin things, managing your email inbox, even client support, right? Your calendaring, all of those little things. If you, I mean, you think about it, they take a couple minutes here, an hour here. When you add those all up, that will give you back so much time mm-hmm. so that you can then go have a sales call, get a client, yeah. right? I spoke to someone the other day and her biggest frustration was that her calendar was just always messed up. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, why is it always messed up? And she goes, I spend so much time trying to fix it. It's like, maybe you need someone to manage your calendar, get some calendar rules in place. Yeah. That should probably be your first hire. Yeah, yeah. And I think like you said, when you said today that systems aren't the most sexiest thing in the world, but- well, Honestly, I've discovered as time has gone on, everything is just a system, like everything. There's not a single thing in my business that isn't like, you know, and again, we learn all the time. So we get some, we didn't get many questions from the Academy for my membership, which is good as in you kind of add many questions, but I had a couple the other day and I'm like, why aren't these in a, in a spreadsheet so that, so that someone doesn't need to come and ask me, or I don't need to email one of the team and say, oh, can you get back to so-and-so and tell them blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, if it was just there, if it wasn't one of those questions, then we'll add it. And it's like having those things in. But I think when you, when you're so in your business, you can't see any of this, can you? You can't, and you can't see the way of improving things because you're just so busy fulfilling and trying to get to that end of getting things done or getting to the end of your to-do list. And it's just like, how can you get to a place where you're able to think of how can I do this better? How can I serve my clients better? How can I make, um, start thinking as to how can I make this a process so that it will become easier? How can I make this a system so that doing it will be easier? Like that's, that's kind of the thinking that I've tried to get my team into in terms of getting them to document things Mm. Um, because we're at a stage right now where we've had some growth and we've also just launched a whole new thing. And it's around um, the time where we'll be revamping and looking at our processes. And so I have conversations with them around how can we make that a process in the system so that the next time we do it, it's seamless and it gets done Mm. correctly without, you know, everyone having to be involved. Yeah. And do you think that like, when I think about um, something like a launch or a boot camp or a challenge that like when you're doing it for the first time, you're doing it on the fly and you're like, Oh, this could be good. We'll do this. And when you get to the end of that process, that's why you need to review not only for a, what worked, what didn't, what was successful, was it good, but also from a, if we do this again, what things do I, you know, like, I don't have to set up a Facebook group. That doesn't have to be me. Like, I don't have to schedule the emails. I don't have to schedule the social media posts. Like, I write them, they come from me, but I don't have to schedule them. So I think reviewing something, and I guess that's the only way you can really do it once you've done something, then go in, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when we've got people that we do, like, 
uh, new revenue launches for. It's the same thing. It's like we document the whole process so that when you do it next quarter or when you do it next year, you mm. know what happened last time so you can make it better yeah. because you will never know what you can make better unless you know what you have done. Yeah, exactly. Do you feel like this takes, I was going to say, takes a lot of time and I know it is totally worth the time, but it will take a bit of time, won't it? It does. It does. It definitely takes time. I mean, we don't work with clients less than three months because it takes time. Mm. And then like, once you have the processes documented, you actually have to start using them because then you will notice that, oh, I can do this better or, oh, this yeah. could change. Or actually the tool that we have doesn't support this process. So we need another one. Mm. Right. So I always like to get people to write down how they want something to work before they even think about technology. Right. Okay. You want to add technology onto a process because if you have a broken process, your technology tool will just highlight all the broken mess that you've got. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So I had something in my head and it's just jumped straight out. This has happened to me twice already today. This is like a nightmare. And you know what? We don't, we rarely edit these. And I know that like my audience are so very forgiving that they'll just allow me. Oh, that's what I was going to say that I'm so glad you said that the processes, the systems, the team you have are different at every level. And, And funnily enough, obviously it would have been a while back since this actually this episode comes out but I recorded an episode not that long ago about scaling and what's changed like and and what hasn't changed like the things that you hope are changed some of them don't change but like you're right you know the systems the things and I think that's really reassuring because sometimes you can think oh man am I still trying to do this am I still trying to get organized like when am I finally going to get this sussed and of course we're not are we it's ongoing no, you're not. And I, I, I forget who said this, but they were saying that small businesses really don't have their systems and everything in place or together until they reach like 2.5 million in revenue a year. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's and crazy. Like, that is kind of crazy. But then I've been behind the scenes of some businesses that are, are at that revenue and they still don't have their systems yeah. and processes in place. Yeah. <laughs> so and I'm like, like, forever evolving. Yeah. And I guess the bigger you get, the more team you get, the more you need to get systems absolutely in place. So I love it. I love it. I'm really conscious of your time and thank you so much. You've been really helpful. There's so much good stuff here, but what one thing would you encourage someone to do if they've been sat listening to this episode and they're thinking, I've not got a single system in place. What's the, what's the one thing you want them to go away and do? I want you to just start creating a list, start creating a list of the things that you do every day. And then as you do them, either start documenting, oh, this is step one, step two, step three, or record yourself doing it because it will help you see why processes and systems are so important, even if it's just you. Because when you start documenting it, you'll see what you're doing and then you'll even be able to see how you can make it better. Awesome. Thank you so very much. We will obviously put all your links in the show notes, but is there someone that you hang out that you would like people to come say hi? Yeah, so you can, the best place to reach us is on our website at theceopartner.com. Cool. Lots of resources and articles and everything there that you can check out. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you for having me. 
There we go. Lots for you to think about. Lots to consider going into the new year. Uh, as Sanai said, please go and find her, say hi and connect with her. She's really wonderful. She actually did a training in my membership just before Christmas, my online event, and she was great. They loved her and so much good takeaway. So please do go and say hi. I know she'd love to hear from you. Okay, I'm going to be back next week with another interview because as I said, it's been a busy few weeks. So uh, I've got the lovely Miriam next week and she's got some really cool stuff to share with you. So I will see you then. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWaring.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.